The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you. From Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Last weekend, we celebrated the epiphany of our Lord, that day when the Magi followed a star to honor a new king. They were strangers from a faraway land that welcomed the long-awaited Messiah. That festival day concluded the Christmas season and the celebration of God's glory revealed to us in and through the infant Jesus. Today, we find Jesus no longer a baby lying in a manger, but as a grown man who is baptized by John in the Jordan River. When the heavens are torn apart and the Spirit descends upon him like a dove, when we heard the voice from heaven above say, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the beginning of Mark's gospel. No word about Jesus' birth or his youth, just the immediate good news of the Son of God. So it is here that these words equip Jesus for his purpose, for his mission, for his ministry in this world, and prepare him for all that is to come. 2,000 years later, these words continue to reveal to you and me Jesus' identity and his purpose as God's beloved. I've always been struck by Jesus' deep sense of mission and purpose that comes out of his baptism. In 1975, Kaim Potok, a 20th century author and rabbi, wrote the book In the Beginning. And in that book, Kaim sheds light on that very sense of purpose, he tells the story of how he wanted to be a writer from a very early age. But when he went to college, his mother took him aside and said, Kaim, I know you want to be a writer, but I have a better idea. Why don't you be a brain surgeon? You'll keep a lot of people from dying, and you'll make a lot of money. Kaim replied, no, Mama, I want to be a writer. Later, he returned home from vacation. His mother pulled him, uh, pulled him off alone and said, Kaim, I know you want to be a writer, but listen to your mama. Be a brain surgeon. 
They keep a lot of people from dying, and you will make a lot of money. Kaim replied, I want to be a writer. Thus the conversation went on throughout his college years. At the end, his mother, in desperation again, said, Kaim, you're wasting your time. Be a brain surgeon. You'll keep a lot of people from dying. You'll make a lot of money. Finally, he exploded. Mama, I don't want to keep people from dying. I want to show them how to live. I want to be a writer. For Kaim, his deep sense of purpose was through writing and using that gift to show people how to live, to open their eyes to the world around them. It was a beautiful gift. Jesus does the same for us. Jesus teaches us how to love and belong. He teaches us how to forgive and be forgiven. He teaches us about ourselves, not about only who we are, but whose we are. In that very moment, when the Spirit of God descends upon him in the form of a dove, he is called into mission and ministry, and in turn, he shows you and me not how to die, but how to live. I've been thinking about those words that came down from heaven a lot lately. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. I've been thinking about them in the light and the darkness of the past 10 months and more recently, the events of this past week. I've been thinking about those words in terms of our identity and wonder how often we think about not only who we are, but whose we are, and our purpose in the world. It's hard to do, especially with all the noise, all the distractions, with so many different voices fighting for our attention. In his book, Life of the Beloved, Henry Nouwen wrote, there is a voice that says, prove that you are a good person. Another voice says, you better be ashamed of yourself. There also is a voice that says, nobody really cares about you. And one that says, be sure to become successful, popular, and powerful. But underneath all of these often very noisy voices is a still, small voice that says, you are my beloved. My favor rests on you. That's the voice we need most of all to hear. In so many ways, we have allowed the noise, distractions, and divisiveness of the world around us to get in the way of remembering who we are. When we place our identity solely on what we do, where we live, what we have, or how we vote, Henry Nouwen would tell us we miss the most important thing that completes our identity. Love. That voice. God's voice that spoke to Jesus is the same voice that speaks to you and me each and every day and says, you are my beloved. In you, I am well pleased. That is who you are and whose you are. And nothing can separate you from that. Nothing. 
That is the voice we need to hear. That is the voice we need to listen to. In baptism, we are claimed by God, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and marked with the cross of Christ forever. And in that very moment, just like all the saints who have gone before us and those who will come after, we too are called into mission. We too are called to a purpose. We are called to love and serve God. Not out of obligation, but out of pure joy that comes from such a life-giving, life-changing gift. Through water and God's word at baptism, we are given a beautiful purpose. We are called to live among God's faithful people. Read and hear the word of God. Come to the table and eat the bread and drink from the cup. Proclaim Christ through word and deed. Care for others and the world God made. And work for peace and what is right and good in the world. This is how Christ shows us how to live. And because of whose we are, we cannot live without affecting who we are and the things we say think and do in this world and towards those around us. As Christians, our identity is rooted in love, love for God and love for one another. And that must transcend all the noise, all the distractions, and all the competing and negative voices that seek to lead us astray, to hurt and harm one another. The good news is, we do not go at it alone. As brothers and sisters in Christ, part of our baptismal identity is that we are part of a greater Christian community throughout the world, and so we do it together, caring for, loving, and supporting one another along the way. And when we fall short, and we will, we remember that we are God's beloved children, so that even in the darkness, in the division, in the chaos, in the competing voices, we have the grace, the hope, and the strength to try again, to act, to speak, and live in love, to bring about reconciliation, healing, peace, joy, hope, and light into our relationships and into the world. Brothers and sisters, wherever you may be in your life, young, older, or somewhere in between, my prayer is that you live out your baptismal identity, rooted in love, and that through you, the people you encounter along the way will experience the love and grace of God. One last thing. On the count of three, I invite you to say your first and middle name. Say it out loud and listen to the word and the voice of God. One, two, three. You are my beloved. In you, I am well pleased.
Let it be so. Amen.